0: Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, your favorite, hopefully, podcast about craft beer and film. My name is Max Menardi. And I'm Johnny Summers, and don't say hopefully, it is. It is, but if it's your first time joining us and we haven't already become your favorites in the 20 seconds we've been talking. Uh, hopefully, by the end of the episode, you're hooked. Welcome to your new favorite, Palmcast. <laughs> We're hooked. Did you say pom? Yeah. Palm? Yeah. Pom? or mm-hmm. p- you could say Bombcast. Palmcast. Palmcast. It's a Palmcast. All right. Uh, lost my train of thought, but hopefully, uh, <laughs> you liked our show. Uh, if you like it enough, you can find us online at places Johnny will tell you now. Uh, Instagram,
1: Twitter, at Fresh Hop Cinema, Facebook, at Fresh Hop Cinema Pod. We're on Untapped and Letterbox. We're both on there under different handles, yes. but just search the podcast, you'll find it. Uh patreon.com slash fresh cinema It's uh really awesome. We thank our patrons that have stuck with us. Uh no one is actually left. That's but, true. So that's dope. I'm not expecting growth this month. That's fair. But the fact that everyone's stuck around and hasn't canceled us like a car wash membership. I'm fair. super stoked on yeah, that. Yeah, thanks guys. Um but that's how this show kind of is supported. Yeah uh, along with our advertising when we have it. Sure. Uh also, freshhopcinema.com most importantly, is where you can find us to vote in our Beer Madness poll. That's Ish. still rocking. Uh, you'll hear more about what happened in this newest round here in a little bit, uh, but I'm just going to go ahead and say that you can get on there and vote on the Elite Eight through Monday, April 6th, and the polls close at 3 p.m., so tell your friends, get involved. Uh, it's getting down to the nitty-gritty. We're down to yeah. eight beers.
0: Yeah, we were just we kind of going over the results and making our notes before we started here, and um, the amount of uh, just breweries that fall to the wayside every week. It's like, oh, now you're gone. Now you're mm-hmm. gone. Now you're gone. Uh, it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it in a
1: nutshell. We hope you're having a great quarantine. Hopefully you're staying indoors, you know, team indoors, team yep. podcast. Yep, It's been really good. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts throughout my day and stuff too. Yeah, so. as one
0: should. Absolutely. Uh, you might have read the episode description. Usually there's two different breweries up there because we cover two different beers. Uh, we are still covering two different beers today, but they're both from modern times Um, Johnny will probably give us some backstory on where these beers came from. But I say we just get right into it. Crack one open. Uh, The first one, if I may uh, announce it, is called Mist Dragon. Yeah, it's a big old 19.2 ounce can. Yeah, it's a great looking can. You sent me the picture, which is I'm sure at this point going to be on our Instagram if it's not already. But it's a Mm -hmm. lovely looking can. I think they've been doing a lot of these sort of more um, sort of. Uh, what's the way to phrase this? Um, a little bit ambiguous and abstract can art. It's all very color focused and geometric and neat looking.
1: Yeah, that's kind of their bag. All of their locations have a very similar like vibe. yeah, very like abstract modern yeah, sure. art type vibe. Pretty cool stuff, man. they're they're putting out some really cool stuff. Have you seen any of modern times, newest cans, newer cans? Yeah, right. So Miss dragon. It's dry hopped with Galaxy. Like I said before, collab with Humble C, On their latest email from the members' website or stuff, whatever, don't worry about it. It says, conceived in collaboration with Humble C, this beer is a glorious union of two disparate realms. We started with a hazy IPA malt bill and fermented with lager yeast before lightly dry hopping with Galaxy. The result is a foggy lager sporting aromas of passion fruit and fresh citrus with a pillowy soft mouthfeel and lager-like aromas. Uh, wait, and logger like finish. It's a majestic new beast and a testament to the combined power of weird minds. 5.6 ABV, 19.2-ounce uh, can, and uh, this was available through my membership. I bought this. Uh, brag about it. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to brag about it. I don't have much else going on for me right now. <laughs> I'm unemployed, and I just got robbed. Don't talk to me. <laughs> wait till i and bothered to hear all the deeds. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this came in a 19.2-ounce can, and uh, I love it personally because of the price point. Uh, this is, uh when they do 19 two-ounce cans, they're really cheap. They're always under, like, five or six bucks. Yeah. So, like, just to grab a few of these to have around is super killer. Uh, I love both these breweries now because Humble C, based on the last couple beers that we did, mm-hmm. we did one off the air. We yeah. didn't even right. let you know we were drinking it. That's how sneaky we are. Yeah,
0: well, we just wanted to drink it. We got, well, the last one was good. Let's just drink it. Should we wait? No, nah, let's do it. No, again. just drink it. We can't
1: <laughs> do them on the podcast again right. immediately. Might as well drink it. Sure. Uh, But both those beers were bomb, and then modern times doesn't really miss right uh everything i've had from them i don't know ever yeah has been great so kind of a no-brainer to start the show with this one today max you've drank it you've consumed it it's in your mouth currently
0: let me know what you think so it's definitely a hoppy uh, a hoppy lager feel there's i mean there's there's a ton of a ton of hot bite but it's also got that kind of like mellow yeasty sort of Body to it that Mm -hmm. that mellows out the hoppiness, but lets the flavor come through without it being too aggressive. Yeah. Which I'm into. Uh, Because if, if, again, it's 5.6%, it's like, you want something that's that's going to drink pretty smooth, but you don't want to fall into that kind of middle ground where it's like a milk toast kind of, what is this beer? Yeah, you yeah. want smooth, but with substance. And with personality, yeah. yeah. Like you want it to be like, what's up? I'm here, but we're friends. Yeah. I mean, we might
1: throw some stuff off a bridge, but we're going to have right. a little danger. We're going to have a good
0: time. Yeah, and we're going to drink some beers like this before we do it. Exactly. Uh, no, it's good, man. I'm I'm a fan. This is solid, right? Yeah. And it's are it's five fifty you paid for it. At least what, that's what it has in, yeah. the, in the email, mm-hmm. which is cool. So this is only available to members? Uh, yeah,
1: and then I th- basically the way the membership works is we get these emails, and then they're available to members first. Oh, and then if they don't sell out, they put them on sale to the general public. Like right. the stout we drank sold out to members. Got it. Or we're going to drink later sure. in the episode. Uh, but yeah, I think this one actually went on sale to the public. Nice. And uh, all our beers today I actually went and picked up down in Oakland. Mm-hmm. They're doing zero contact, like no contact. Not no, but like minimal yeah. contact, like curbside pickup. Essentially, you can roll up to their Oakland location. Right. A table blocking the
0: door so you can't even go in, and they just slide your beer across the table, <laughs> slide them the money, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they actually put in the email there were 4,385 cans of this available, yeah, which to me sounds like a lot, but it's also a huge brewery, it yep. is. I'm sure those go fast,
1: yeah, because they're doing it for on site sale at all of their locations. There's like two or three down yeah. in SoCal and then one here, yeah, in Oakland, yeah, so. Uh yeah and if you follow modern times oakland there's a um, instagram page and they actually post when they put all their sale stuff like to the public which is pretty cool that is cool they've been doing a ton of online sales as well like you can either have it shipped to your door or just drive to oakland and pick mm-hmm. it up yeah so that's pretty cool man they're they're still cranking out some beer in the midst of the quarantine
0: yeah they actually do free shipping if you're in california oh really yeah i just checked that out on the website because i was i was telling you this the other day i was thinking about getting they're doing sort of obviously they ramped up their online sales because of all this yeah um, and they're doing like mixed packs so i was looking at um i think it was uh six four packs yeah i was hoping to split that with somebody and it was i think they're uh what was it blazing world something else orderville and orderville and then one of their new hazy ipas and I was like, well, that's a fun thing mm-hmm. um because why not like support breweries you'd like just got a bunch of beer from secret trail the other day nice very good yeah um but i think it's it's really neat to see it's cool that you got down to drive there yourself but if you can't get out of the house or whatever and you want to order a bunch of beer they'll deliver it for free if you're in california which that's, is very neat
1: that's cool i didn't know that they were delivering for yeah. free because a lot of these companies are the deliveries at like 20 dollars additional for sure. yeah so that's cool that it's, makes me want to order from modern times even yeah more. dude
0: it seems strange though because they are based in san diego is where they started at least and presumably if you order from them in northern california oakland would do the delivery stuff but It's still pretty far. Like, California's huge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) California's pretty big. Yeah, it would make more sense to, like, also deliver to parts of Arizona or Nevada or something. Right. Southern end.
1: I think it becomes an issue with interstate shipping. Probably. Uh, That's why that is. You can ship beer from a brewery to a person in California, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, like, the limit. Yeah, okay. There's the interstate stuff. Uh, certain states it's allowed like i think washington it's allowed to ship to other states that's why
0: tavor is based in in washington yeah not to jump ahead to to beer madness but i tried to get a hold of some lawson's uh double sunshine Mm -hmm. and they can't ship it out of the state
1: Mm
0: i was like okay that's a bummer yep yeah so yeah totally valid yeah so i'm stoked that we're in the state that modern times is in
1: absolutely me Uh, too
0: downsides to this uh i'm not many uh i'm enjoying it there's really yeah there's a little bit of funk that i'm getting which i'm sure is by design that's a we talked about that i think last week or the week before where i was like yeah that's not all great and then you were like is it not great or do you just not like some of the styles and mm-hmm. that's totally what it was yeah um and i just think that this is probably immaculately made and i just there's something about it on the end that is a little bit um a little bit barney for me it's almost got a tang to it yeah yeah like an earthy tang not yeah. so much like a citrusy or a hoppy tang it's got like a real um like a real kind of kind of um v- almost vegetal kind of punch yeah which is fine um the spear is very dry too yeah yeah that's always the, i think the danger with dry hopping like you do it when you use it in the right combination with your hops and, and your yeast and your malt and everything it it, it really accentuates whatever you are dry hopping mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if that's exactly what i'm tasting but um it is a dry finish regardless of any of the other processes
1: yeah Yeah, But it's very good. It is good. I wouldn't say it's great. Oh really? Uh, This isn't a beer that I would just crush. Like uh, this is a sipper for me. This isn't something I'm like gulping. You know I'm not murdering this beer. Yeah, Normally I would like a crisp cold lager. That's the
0: trade off with like lagers if you make them hoppy like IPLs you do run the risk of it being a little bit more of a heavy drinking experience. Yes
1: I agree but also I've You know, certain tropical IPAs, I will drink a lot faster than I'm drinking this. Yeah. This is so dry and it's got such a heavy bite. Mm -hmm. Um, This is like, it's good, but it's not great. It's definitely up to modern times standards, but personal preference wise... Uh, this is probably going to be in like the lower tiers of things that I would uh, say I enjoy or would buy from them again. Sure.
0: I, th- I mean, I think there's a testament to what you're saying about like a tropical or a light IPA because it drinks like a light IPA and this drinks like a heavy lager. It does. And that it's a thing that your brain has to contend with when doing because you go for a lager oftentimes for a light drinking experience. Yeah. And this compared to like a, like a Kolsch or something like that, or even like I've been drinking Rainier all week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so light and drinkable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a different different thing.
1: Flavor wise, this almost feels to me more like a session IPA. Yeah, totally. And I don't particularly like session IPAs because they're light and really, really bitter. Yep. And uh that they've never done it for me. So stylistically it's not surprising that this uh isn't exactly in
0: my wheelhouse. Yeah. So I think I'm ready to rate it. I am too. So Mist Dragon from modern times. Not Mist Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Mist dragon gotta really accentuate that tea mm-hmm. what is it
1: uh for me personally this is like a it's like a seven two okay 7.2 yep respectable
0: rating for yeah. me it's a six okay yeah
1: good it's good it's not great like I said if you're in the mood for this particularly or if you really like this style of beer it's something you should seek out or stuff like it but yep.
0: yeah for this beer connoisseurs taste it doesn't really hit the mark I think that's fair uh yeah I like it uh for most of the same reasons you do I also dislike it for the same reasons you do plus that extra weird finish i think is what's keeping it a little bit lower for me makes sense yeah all right we're gonna move right along it is time for beer madness oh my god update we just finished the sweet 16 we've we need- eliminated more breweries more beers you need to put in like a basketball horn there i know just there yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so we're
1: gonna
0: go through a couple, yeah i was gonna say, yeah, just keep that going boom boom Is that a basketball thing or is it a space jam thing? It's a sports thing. Basketball, whatever. Yeah, mainly basketball. Just attribute it to space jam. Yeah, but I'm fine with that. Whatever. Are they remaking Space Jam? By the way,
1: I heard they were, and then I heard they weren't, and then I heard they might be. I don't know. Okay, that's fine. I say leave it
0: alone. You know. Yeah. Leave Michael Jordan alone. It was perfect. Leave Michael alone. (laughs) Michael alone. Um. Okay, my friend. Let's go through some results. Can you please just run through, uh, really briefly, what all the matchups were. Um, in, in the Sweet 16.
1: So in round two the Sweet 16, we had Pliny going against Phantom Bride, Fresh Squeezed going against Hexagenia, Sculpin going against Space Dust, Two-Hearted going against Revision IPA, we had Lawson's Double Sunshine versus Ubidank, High Life and Torpedo, we
0: had Nelson versus Swamis, and we had Citraholic versus Booming Rollers. Okay, the votes are counted, the results are in. Uh, Johnny, first, could you please tell me what... Uh, What was predicted to happen? Anything that we predicted that did actually come to pass? Uh, We predicted that Pliny would win. Fair enough. It was our number one. It is our number one seed still. Yeah. And it beat over. It beat Phantom Bride. Yep. What was the percentage?
1: Uh, uh, Pliny won with 84% of the vote. So that was a pretty one-sided thing. And then going on to our next matchup, uh, Hexagenia from Fall River took it with 69% of the vote. So in round three, our first matchup is going to be Pliny versus Hex. Yep. And then moving on to the second matchup. We had Sculpin winning uh, over Space Dust, which was, you know, pretty much predictable. It was uh, number four versus number 20 seed. Uh, Close race, though. Sculpin won with 59% of the vote. Uh, In our next matchup, we had Two-Hearted from Bells going up against Revision IPA. And the hometown favorite was able to... Dethrone. (laughs) Upset, dethrone the number five seed. So Revision uh one with 56% of the vote over number 5 ranked two hearted that's i that's
0: that's significant and again this is the fun stuff where geography comes into play yeah exactly like, i have to wonder how many people have even had two hearted versus revision here
1: well you see in this tournament max the uh, the, uh, regional, sure. regional the regional regional voting in. is really really important so
0: which brings us to the next which
1: brings us here. to the next one. we had lawson's double sunshine the number 2 ranked pretty much in the world seems that way uh, versus number 18 Ubadank. and uh, regional favorite Ubadank pulled off the upset with 72% of the vote
0: that's a high percentage over Lawson's
1: man. Double Sunshine I think most of the people that voted uh, really really like Ubadank and that's that's no secret the votes have spoken for themselves so we have Ubadank going up against the winner of the matchup of Highlight and Torpedo. Highlight was coming in at a number 7 seed with Torpedo at number 23, but again, this is turning into the regional bracket yeah. with Torpedo upsetting number 7 Highlight with 74% of the vote. So you're you're, yeah. you're going to have U- Ubadank versus Torpedo. That's where things get interesting. That's going to be a, a very interesting vote. You have the old school versus the new school. Yeah.
0: You have uh, the the very local versus the kind of you have Chico versus Sacramento at this point. Mhm. Uh, exactly. What do you I mean, what do you think? oof that's At this tough point, our brackets are you and my prediction brackets are i think i only ugh. have
1: a couple beers that are still right. left yeah uh i think personally Ubedenk versus torpedo i think Ubedenk's gonna win that all day dude I, uh,
0: I i think you might be right
1: that's one of my favorite beers versus one of your favorite beers right i've never been a big torpedo fan so personally i think just uh new glory has so much more momentum mm-hmm. uh Ubedenk is such a newer but yet instant classic type beer mm-hmm. uh
0: uh, they, they're setting themselves up to have a, a beer dynasty. The other thing is is that Ubedank, very aggressive, very bright, very hoppy, and Torpedo, while still hoppy and aggressive at 7.2%. Malty. Malty. So this might be the the hop versus malt showdown. Yeah. Which I'm always very interested to see the results of because I like them both, but I think that you might be right with Ubedank.
1: Exactly. We'll see. Time will tell. Time the will votes tell. will tell. Guess what? If you're listening, you'll tell. Indeed. But yeah. You will let us know. Vote, guys. It's fun. It's good times. All right. So the last matchup, we had Nelson and Swami, and Nelson came in victorious. No surprise. It wasn't an upset. It was a relatively close race. Nelson won with 57% of the vote over Swami's from Pizza Port, uh, facing off now against Booming Rollers, which was an Upset. It was the eleventh ranked beer versus Citraholic from Beechwood Brewing, coming in at number six. And Booming Rollers took sixty six percent of the vote to win and move on to the Sweet Eight, what? the Elite Eight. The elite. Eight. Eight. You ever watch sports, son? Yeah. To take on
0: <laughs> Nelson from yeah. Beechwood. So, I'm sorry, from Alpine. So you had said last week that. This matchup, the the Citraholic versus Booming Rollers, was a tough one for you because when drank fresh, both of these are very delicious. Correct. I haven't had Citraholic Fresh, nor could I find it last week. Um, And I think that also lends itself nicely to the regionality of modern times with Booming Rollers. Like, well, yeah, people have had it more. At least I have. And I think that helps explain uh, how it ran away with it.
1: Well, there's a factor here that we're not discussing as well. Uh, Some of these beers are seasonal, and some of them are, in fact, year-round. So the year-round beers are automatically gonna have a leg up. That's probably true. So there is that. There's availability. There's wait, which
0: re- one of those is, is seasonal? Uh booming rollers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's in season now, I think. Yes. Or was very when we made this when we yeah. started, I think it was. But
1: it's also a time where not many people are going out beer shopping. And if they haven't had it in a year, yep. um, you know, they can just they're relying on memories. Sure. So yeah, we've got our Elite Eight set. Matchup number one, we have Pliny versus Hex. Matchup number two is Sculpin versus Revision. Matchup number three, hotly contested, Ubedank versus Torpedo. And matchup number four, Nelson from Alpine going up against booming rollers from modern times out of San Diego. Who will win? Who will lose? Whose bracket will be busted? Who will leave crying on a stretcher? <laughs> it's up to you. Yeah, You have the power within your fingers to click, click, clickety-click on over to our website. And vote.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest potential upset there, just by numbers, is Sculpin versus Revision, which could very well be the case. It's it's Sculpin again, number four seed in the tournament. Uh, Revision IPA is number twenty one. Yeah, and, and I that I mean, people love Sculpin, but people around here, especially, love Revision. Very much. To be so. very fun. To be interesting to see how this plays out. I'm very excited for it. Me too. I like doing this every year because it lets me live out my fantasies of sure. being a sports broadcaster yeah at the end of this you see how i, I handled that segment it was really good profesh at the very end of this when we announce our winner i think we'll open up a new poll on our website to take um to take the temperature of the crowd to see what we should do next year No, you just want to call we it. decide well of course we decide this is our tournament you, you don't have any input make people feel well you're gonna tell people to go vote and then tell them they don't have any input correct okay well
1: i don't get to vote on what teams are in the college basketball tournament. I am presented. With what do you options. think the play-in round was? <laughs> That's
0: exactly what that is. No, people voting on it.
1: Nope. All right. Yeah, but it's like the Academy Awards.
0: That's true. Yeah, like twenty people get to vote. Sure, we're not those people. You know, it's actually like over a thousand. Yeah, they pick that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, okay. That's beer madness. That's the update. Uh, Johnny Summers. Yo. We, we both watched a couple movies this week. We're going to talk about two of them together. At least um, for the sh- – yeah, the main part. So uh, I think but yeah. between us we probably watched 10 We've movies We've watched so many week. movies. Um, but the through line between both of our main movies here is they are both foreign language films. In that respect, I don't think that we're going to play a trailer uh, for the platform. No. I don't really see the point. Although there is an option – uh to watch it watch it with English overdubs. No. I didn't did you, do, you didn't do it? Nope. nope. Me neither. We refuse. Yeah, I just think the performance is subs not dubs, on. baby. Subs not dubs. So the platform uh is a film that was released to Netflix. That's where we both saw it. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you to the lions here and I'm gonna ask you to tell me who directed it and who was in it, please. All
1: right. Directed by Good luck. Galder Gaztelu Urushia. Lovely. Uh the main cast we have Ivan Massagewe as Gorang. Zorion Eguilor as Trimagasi, Antonia San Juan as Imoguri, Emilio Boale Coca as Bajarat. All right.
0: Nicely done. That's, well, that was a, a lot. You know, I speak a little bit of Spanish. So this is Spain so, Spanish, by the way, yeah. in case you're listening. There's which, lots of S's wait. pronounced as th's, mm-hmm. so like España, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little distracting if you've never heard it and you're used to hearing like Mexico Spanish. Yeah. Uh, I was like trying to follow along a little bit. I was like, I don't, I can't do it. No,
1: yeah, it's not an option. This initially premiered at TIFF, which is the Toronto International Film Festival, in September of 2019, where it locked in a distribution deal with the mighty titan of industry, Netflix, where it is released for streaming on March 20th, 2020. So this is right. hot off the press.
0: Yeah, so so it's been in sort of the the new and hot sort of section of Netflix, which is I just saw it and I was like, oh, that looks kind of interesting. The premise of the movie is that there is this vertical prison of sorts there where there are per floor are two inmates or in some cases volunteers. And there is a big platform per the title that moves from the top of this prison down every floor with a big buffet of food and people eat as much as they want in a very limited time and it slowly moves down. As you can imagine food runs out the lower it gets um and that's, that's basically the premise of the movie. Our main character, Gorang, is in there uh, voluntarily. He's trying to get certified. A, he's trying to get a diploma. A degree. A degree. Yep. Spends six months in this prison. Oh, also, it's worth noting that you change platforms randomly once a month. Mm-hmm. So you could be at the top, then at the bottom, then in the middle. doesn't matter. We don't know how many platforms there are or how many levels there are. I think that's basically the premise. Yep. Um, right? Am I missing anything crucial?
1: No, just that the all the food for everyone on, on all the platforms comes from the top, goes all the way down. That's, yeah. that's it. That's the basics you covered on that.
0: Yeah, it's maybe, that. maybe worth noting um, that it's prepared at the very top immaculately. A lot Fancy. of attention to detail on this food that is essentially just destroyed by people as it goes down. Mm-hmm. What were your reactions to this?
1: Well, you know, I thought it was uh, interesting. I think uh, it wasn't subtle, which I think we kind of touched on before we started recording that. It was a very direct film. The The metaphor was pretty literal uh, in that there's people above you and people below you. Yes. I mean, it's a, an obvious correlation mm. with classism and you know different tiers of, of wealth and social status. Um, so in the fact that it was very direct with its metaphor, I thought it was... Uh, Pretty interesting, the depths of just pure visceral intensity that it dives into very quickly.
0: Sure. We should say a hard R on this. Hard R. Definitely a lot of gore, a lot of shock value stuff, I think. Um, You get, well, I don't think a lot of this is spoiler. I'm not too worried about spoiling this movie. Yeah. Um, But you get your healthy mix of violence and some rape and cannibalism and uh, all sorts of stuff along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it is effective, or at least it was for me. Yeah. Um, there are some pretty good performances here. I wrote in my letterbox review that, that, and I, I just might also just rewatch Snowpiercer Mm. by Bong Joon-ho, which is basically this movie, but on a train with Chris Evans that never stops. And except instead of being top to bottom, it's front to back of the train, um, and a little bit more subtle and a little bit more artistic, but this movie does the job.
1: I think so. I agree as well. It uh yeah, it was very visually shocking and uh yeah. thought-provoking. I mean, you know, it was a very easy to understand movie where uh but also still felt
0: kind of somewhat art-housey. I think the ending definitely like, solidifies, okay. Like, it's trying to be ambiguous. And I think the ending is kind of ambiguous, yeah. or at least artsy. Mm-hmm.
1: It's open for interpretation. Sure. I think for me, that's kind of what defines like a quote unquote art house. Like, Just more like a less cut and dry. Less cut and dry, more open for interpretation. And I liked that it threw in some of that at the end, where the majority of the movie is like, it's really obvious what's going on and like it is metaphorical but it's so obvious what the metaphors are that you don't have to
0: think very hard totally yeah i mean yeah capitalism is a is a not subtle um you know thing that happens in a lot of the world yeah um so to just see that pretty black and white like here's food and then if you eat too much people below you can't get food
1: exactly one thing
0: i forgot to note i guess is that when you are admitted into this prison you are given the choice to bring one item of your choice. It could be anything from a dog to a knife to a book. Mm-hmm. And our main character brings a book. It's uh, Don, Don Quixote. Yeah. If you don't know the premise of Don Quixote, it's uh, this guy who decides he's a knight, and he, he recruits a squire named Sancho, and they go and try to make the world better, even though clearly it's not even close to the time they're in. They just believe that if they can civilize and rise above, they can make things better. Mm-hmm. Again, not super subtle for our main character. That's clearly what he's trying to do. He has all these ideas of like, well, if we just talk to the people above and the people below, like, all right, we got to ration it out and we can all live happily. Mm -hmm. But plot twist, maybe not so much. People suck. Yeah. Um, When given the
1: opportunity to grab as much as humanly possible, you know, the, the, the presentation of plenty on a plate uh, and open season on that uh, people revert to their most base selves and it wasn't, Yeah, people aren't cool
0: to each other. The thing that stuck out to me, it's at like, least, you go. Ahead. It's like they were fighting, fighting over a platform of toilet paper. Yeah. Um, the thing that stuck out to me, one of the things, uh, is is the emphasis they put on when people from the lower levels randomly get reassigned to the higher levels. My thought would be, you've been down below. You know how those people feel. Maybe look out for them. Right. It has the total opposite effect in this scenario. And they're just like, I'm going to eat even more. I'm going to get get it while the getting's good. Yeah. They become entitled. And it, I don't know, man. That's Like, I've really... been
1: on the bottom. I deserve
0: this. Yeah. And like, you know you're there for 30 days. And then 30, you're going to be probably worse off. Yeah. Especially the closer you are to the top. The big thing in this movie is trying to decide how many levels there are. How many people are exactly suffering. And I think it's safe to say that by the time we realize- there are more people not doing good than there are people doing good. Oh, yeah. Which, again, just kind of nailing the coffin of the metaphor here. Yep. We're all at the top, shitting on everybody else sometimes literally.
1: Yeah. And I think, yeah, it was like displayed very obviously that – yeah, you know, kind of like the real world, there's way more people that have it way worse off than yes. you than you even realize.
0: Yeah. Sometimes willfully, you just don't I mean they make a point of saying people up top are not going to talk to the people below, which mm-hmm. is like, yeah, that checks out. Like we, it's easy to turn a blind eye and just be like, "Oh, I'm, they're literally below us." Yeah, and my panna cotta is right here, so I'm just going to eat it all and then like spit on the rest of it and throw it. Like it's just gross, mm-hmm. you know? Um so I'm actually with our main character, I'm like, "Try to try to civilize it. Like try to try to achieve some decency mm-hmm. in people. Yeah. Um, but again, it's on Netflix. It's called the platform. Johnny Summers, uh, out of 10, where are you sitting with this? Ah,
1: uh, shoot. You know, I would give it, this movie feels like a solid, I call it like a seven, eight, seven point eight.
0: That's actually pretty good, man. Yeah. Have you seen snow piercer? No, you gotta watch it. Yeah. It was uh bon June. Ho. it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very good movie. Like I said, less subtle than this or more subtle than this. Sorry. Um, but I still like the ideas here. I think it's a it's a good watch. Is probably okay. A fun watch is not the right term. No, <laughs> but it's you know it's a it's a nice it's a nice movie mm-hmm. uh, with a good message that is pretty bold faced typed. Yeah, so for absolutely. me it's a six. Okay, yeah, right there, right above middle of the road. Um, but I think if you guys get a chance to watch it, please let us know. We'd love to hear what you think. Um, also. If you've seen both this and uh, Snowpiercer, let us know the comparisons you think. I feel like this is ripping off of that pretty hard. Yeah. But also maybe just capitalism, you know? Hmm. Let us know what you think. If you get a chance to see it, email us at fhccast at gmail.com. We are going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with our discussion of our second beer from Modern Times. So don't go anywhere. All right, we're here, and we're ready for a beer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay, beer number two from Modern Times. Johnny Summers giving me the rundown on our second Dragon feature today. This bad boy is Dragon Mask, which is a
1: stout that they do multiple, multiple, multiple variations of. I don't know if that was close to half.
0: It's fine. You brought it. I think you're entitled to a little bit extra. All right.
1: So what we're drinking today is, again, one of my member beers that I was able to purchase through Modern Times uh, for... The betterment of the show and the world in general. It is Dragon Mask Imperial Stout Chocolate Churro Edition. Yep. Uh this is uh thirteen percent big old nasty stout with cinnamon, cacao
0: nibs, salt, and vanilla. When did you start when did you stop saying cacao the fun way? Cacao. Yeah, I don't know. Used to do that like every time you saw the word. Yeah. You got so excited about it. Yeah, no, I don't. It's yeah. just it's it's ran it's we're course. getting older. Jaded. You know, I've matured
1: Uh, But anyways, this is part imperial stout, part churro. And all cacao infused magic. <laughs> okay, there it is. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, you've had this before or no?
1: Nope. Awesome. Dude, I've had these beers for a week. And I bought three nice. cans of this you two for myself, no. one for the show. Nice, dude. And, uh, and you
0: haven't even tried the other two? No. Why? Is, is that because you wanted to remain pure for this review? Yes. Okay. I am unmolested. We have high expectations because you reminded me that at our, at our, oh. my Canadian, at our, Oort. I did it again. At our at Patreon Oort. event in uh, January. Was it January? I don't feel like so long ago. We had a stout from them, which was a banana type stout. I forgot it was them, but it was delicious. And you're making a face like this is probably just as delicious. Bro, that's thick. Walk me through it, my friend.
1: Wow. That is just a blast of flavor. It is
0: thickety thick, thick boy certified. Thick AF. Would you watch a movie about a drug dealer gets caught up in the FBI, but he's snitching about craft breweries called Thick Boy Rick? Would you watch that movie? Yep, I would. I would too. I would watch Maybe that. Better than I would probably star in that movie. Actually. Fair enough. Yeah, that'd be my call to glory. <laughs> Johnny famously hated White Boy Rick. Yeah,
1: but I would famously portray Thick Boy Rick. Yeah, of course. Yeah, who wouldn't? Yeah.
0: All right. What are you? Uh, <laughs> what are you tasting?
1: Uh, immediately, just a wall of fudge. That's what I get. Just straight up. Th- Thick as molasses, just chocolate
0: fudge. Yeah. It's, oh. I've only smelled it, and it's it's intense. I think it's I just, just trimmed my nose hairs a little bit. Uh, is it pretty boozy? Because it smells pretty boozy. Does it taste boozy? I know it is boozy. You know, it, it doesn't taste boozy at all. It
1: tastes like just super thick dessert, man. Man, that's thick.
0: Oh, it's so thick. Wow. <laughs> See
1: what I'm saying? It's so thick.
0: That's a thick I don't want to. Say, it's a thick boy. That's a thick boy, man. That's wild. Um, okay, that's all I realized on that drink. I'm gonna have to drink a little <laughs> more. I, that was that was. Um, I even knew it was coming. I was like, "That's more than I expected." That's one of the thickest beers I've ever drank. Mm-hmm. That's almost hard to drink. Oh, it's in a like, good way.
1: It's like drinking chewed taffy. I think you say tobacco. I was like, "Yeah, yeah. it's gross, but I love it." No, man, that's just oh, it's, it just goes down like liquid chocolate. Holy shit. Bro, How do you get something that thick? You ever? Well, you know, it's, it's a lot of takeout, a lot it's, of, a lot of DoorDash. It's too much for me. Oh, come on! Don't be so damn soft. I'm not.
0: It's so thick. That's that's not
1: beer. Have you ever um, direct from bottle to mouth Hershey syrup? <laughs> I thought you were going to say that because yes, I have,
0: dude. Yeah, that is what this <laughs> reminds me. If of. you're listening to this podcast and you're 12, what you can do is go ahead and once that Hershey bottle is empty or you think it's empty, pour milk into it or almond milk, whatever kind of milk, if you're lactose intolerant like Johnny, shake it up, homemade chocolate milk right out of the squirter. Oh, I would always just the way to go. squirt the syrup directly in my mouth and sure. then drink some milk well, and yeah. then do a... <laughs> 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 well, a little life hack. You just do it all together. Yeah. It's pretty fun. You feel like you're drinking out of a weird plastic squeegee flask. Yeah. You don't know what a flask is at that point. Your you're life's just, still good.
1: You're like, this just feels right. I have a future <laughs> as an alcoholic. My dad does this. But
0: yeah. He doesn't use a Hershey bottle because he's a chump. Uncle Johnny does this at every <laughs> baseball game. Um, okay, so it's good. It is, like you pointed out, probably still too cold. So what I'm doing is resisting drinking it all right now. Cause I really think this one's going to open up as it warms. Yeah. As you swirl it. I think Ugh. that's, yeah. This is so good already though. It It's good. My, my one thing so far is that it's very, very thick. I'm going to like, if this is a, I don't or... accept that as a valid complaint. Cause you're always like, I just wish it was a little thicker. No, you're always like that. And so are you? Well, it's well it's like documented, like sir. I'm in mirror talking to you. It's well documented. <laughs> right, fair enough. Um, You're You're right, right. but there's got to be a sweet spot, you know. There is. There's too thick. Like if this didn't even pour out of the can, we'd both be like, "That's too thick." (laughs) If it just, and I just think my bar is slightly um, lower than your thick bar, you know, that should be a candy bar. (laughs) Thick bar. Get yourself a thick, thick cat, thick cat bar. Thick bar. Break me off a piece of that thick cat bar. That thick tiger bar. Yeah, Uh, I don't think it's too thick at all. I think it is deliciously thick. Here's 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 my problem. It's it's too thick for the amount of flavor I'm getting. It's it's cold thickness right now. I need it to warm up. I need to taste some more of the churro quality. So it's that, like eating a pudding. Bob. It's like eating a... Yeah. I just need some more cinnamon. I need some more vanilla. The chocolate's there. Uh, for sure, that's there. I told you it was too cold. Yeah, but that's good. We've been... Like I said this last week, I think. We're starting off with them cold so that they can improve as they warm. We've done pretty heavy stouts for the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Like, we've it's been good. Hey, we're bro, fuck separation. around time's over. Fair yeah. enough. I didn't... When when did that start? Uh, 8 a.m. It's over Uh, by one. Yeah, on this quarantine, bro. Yeah, that's fair.
1: That because I haven't been able to shop for beers. So we're just doing stuff from my cellar.
0: Yeah. So like Griffith J. Griffith, boom, 13%. Don't we still have some stuff in my fridge that you brought over one time? I'm sure. I can't. We've got beers all across this land. Every now and again, you'll show up and like for our second beer, you'll stick it in the fridge because it's an IPA or something. And then you pick, oh, we still have this and this and this. And I never open that beer fridge until you're here. So I don't know what's in it. Yeah. Oh, I did open a 2014 Narwhal the other day.
1: Nice. I don't really like that beer, so yeah. Not sad. I
0: missed that. You know how at Sierra Nevada you can combine beers at the tap room? Yeah, like you can do like a like, like a, a whale fart. What's a whale fart? I don't know. I just heard people say it. I I know that's a thing. You got to stop that. It's <laughs> <That's> the worst <laughs> sound. Johnny's swerving his glass on the table in case anybody was wondering what that was. It's not your oh car God. engine breaking down. It's so thick. Um. <clears throat> Like Palefoot, you can combine Pale Ale and Bigfoot. Yeah. I feel like a Narpedo would be the bane of your existence. Like you hate Torpedo, you don't like Narwhal.
1: I like Narwhal just
0: fine. Yeah. I don't think aging, not barrel aged Narwhal does anything. Oh, it was a barrel aged Narwhal. Oh. Sorry. Yeah. It was, it was sorry. I do have old ones too. I know. But yeah, no, it's the barrel aged, the big 750s. Mm. Those are good. Yeah, those are good. That was the 2014 I (laughs) drank. Nice. Okay.
1: Yeah. And like the new cans that they have, the 16 ounce. Yeah. Those are real good. I haven't had that yet. Four pack for 20 bucks
0: get out yeah, that's a good deal such a good deal the, of 16 ounce cans of narwhal yeah of the barrel age beers like also 13 or something right 13 yeah. 6 or something yeah oof yeah 20 nice. bucks for a four pack yeah at that point you just buy a cheap or a decent bottle of vodka and get equally as drunk for 20 bucks For 20 bucks yeah. or you can just drink four narwhals
1: yeah you should shotgun 16 ounce cans of narwhal
0: <sighs> man for like one episode we've talked about this i we you've seen me do it now i, I shotgun for the first time with you as a it was a white claw yeah did not well that was really carbonated too yeah i don't think that you shouldn't shotgun narwhal what you shouldn't shotgun narwhal but also white claw too carbonated white know? claws very bubbly we yeah. shotgunned two or three you did
1: two or three i did three and threw up immediately. you did the
0: first one and you were like this was a mistake let me try one more time to see if it cancels the first one out and like and it, it did
1: like, maybe three is the sweet spot yeah right that's that's Drinker logic, yeah, like right. two shots sucked. Yeah, let's
0: try a third. Let's try a third. Who Maybe knows? it'll level out. Yeah,
1: uh, I have an expression that I use, uh, and it's probably ill advised, so don't I mean, take this, this, this advice. Bi- I'm
0: gonna cut this out as a soundbite and use it for later. Yeah, Go ahead,
1: <laughs> don't uh, take this as advice. But sure. like a lot of times, like on a Friday night, like if I have kind of like a stomach ache or a little bit of heartburn. I will just bear down and drink like three beers as fast as I can or have a couple shots. And okay. people are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, sometimes you just have to drink your way through it. That's a thing that people, some people say. That's true. Just drink your way through it. And once you hit that wall of intoxication, yeah. you're like,
0: oh. What stomachache?
1: Yeah. I'm fine. I feel awesome. Go alcohol. Yeah, Yeah. You know, it is a solution, scientifically speaking. Psychologically speaking,
0: at the very least.
1: Yeah. So, in case you're wondering, that's how I'm getting through this quarantine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, let's talk about this one more time. Dragon Mask here.
1: Yeah. Oh, um, it's getting boozier the warmer. Yeah.
0: I was, I was, that was the whole point of that conversation, everybody. We were stalling to let this warm up. We were being interesting. Some for of your pleasure. T- <laughs> tangents come from that sort of uh, mentality. Mm. So, oh, what, there's what, some what, vanilla. It was okay. That's what I was going to say. I assumed vanilla comes out. Uh, anything else change for you?
1: Tiny bit of cinnamon, definitely some vanilla. Uh, the chocolate's kind of toned down. Uh, It's less fudgy over the top. It's more balanced now. It's just
0: smooth and milky almost. It is definitely, in my opinion, getting better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this beer right now is – originally it was great, but this beer is phenomenal.
0: Yeah, for me right now, it's it's very good. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's going to go up. So I'm going to actually make a motion that we pause on rating this unless you want to do yours. But I'm going to hold off on mine until this warms up more because the amount that it's become more enjoyable in the past three minutes Mm -hmm. is – a significant amount mind-blowing yeah so why don't you give me your rating if you feel like you're ready no let's uh let's just put a pin in it let's come back to it we'll pin it we gotta let this warm up okay then we're gonna move right along for now uh can you make a note on your page so we don't forget to come back uh we're gonna move right along into a film that i have been excited for for at least six months uh it's it's a movie called portrait of a lady on fire and it's directed by celine siama With a cinematographer uh, named Claire Mathon, who we have talked about when we covered the movie Atlantics, who apparently is just really good at shooting the ocean. Yeah. Give that girl a pond and she'll make it an ocean. You give her an ocean, she'll make it magic. Yeah. Uh, You didn't like Atlantics, though, as much. Uh, I didn't hate it. Right. Um, There's something about – well, we'll get into it, I guess. Uh, Here's what I'm going to tell you first, though, before we get too far in. Uh, The film won something that I didn't know existed at Cannes called The Queer Palm. Uh, that was, uh, an independently given award that got established in 2010. It became the first film directed by a woman to win that award. Uh, Syama also won the best award for best screenplay at Cannes in 2019 the film was theatrically released, uh, in what the hell was that sound?
1: Didn't realize that would come through the headphones. I'm sorry, dude.
0: <laughs> That's all right. Um, okay. It was released in France on September 18th, 2019. And then it was released to American audiences after a very short indie theatrical run via Hulu. Uh, on March 27th, 2020. So this was a couple of days ago for us. Uh, the film stars, and bear with me, these are French names. I'm not fluent in French. Can I do it? Please, you've been killing it, but really, really commit to your French accent because you've just been just killing it these days, at least today. All
1: right. The film stars Nomi Merlant. Merlant. Merlant? French, my friend. Whatever. Merlant. <laughs> yeah, keep going. In a breakout role as Marianne, a painter hired secretly... To paint the portrait of Heloise, played by Adèle Hanel, let's go with that. That sounds yeah, good. it sounds great. Uh, which will be sent off by her mother to Heloise's future husband. Originally, it was her sister that was going to be married off, but after death by suicide, the arrangement fell on Heloise. After Heloise's refusal to pose for a previous painter, Marianne is brought in under the guise of being a walking partner for Heloise and is instructed to, over the next few days, paint her portrait by memory. And in the interest of not being those do- tools that only say one word with an accent, we're going to call her Marianne.
0: Yeah, that seems right. Because
1: okay. <laughs> I'm not going to keep saying
0: Marianne. No. Uh, and I'm also going to say Eloise, because yeah. that's going to be the easiest way to say that, I think, with an American accent. Yeah. Um. So, again, I was very excited about this. Did you know much going into this? No. Did you know anything?
1: Uh, what did I know? I knew that it was about, uh, it was kind of like a a, somewhat of a love story and then someone was getting painted.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. All I knew going in, I'd, I'd seen the trailer a couple times and I think after seeing this movie, I was concerned, but after seeing the movie, I think they do a pretty good job of, of keeping things close to the vest. Um, it's a story like you said of, uh, someone who gets hired to paint the portrait of this woman's daughter without her knowing. And that's basically all I knew aside from the fact that another person had come to try to paint her and she wasn't cooperative. And um, it was a love story about these two uh, women. Mm -hmm. What was your reaction? How'd you feel? When did you watch it? First of all, Uh, so many questions. Yeah. Start with that one. How did I feel? Uh, When did I watch it? What? When Uh, did you, when did you watch it? A few days ago. Cool. And then, uh, yeah. What was was your experience?
1: Uh, Watched it at home uh, solo on, on Netflix or Hulu. Yeah, got to focus completely on the movie. Um, thought it was an absolute gem. Yeah. Yeah. I really... That makes me so happy. I thought, like, there, um You know, I reflected on it and almost wanted to watch it again before we recorded. Yeah. And I'm going to be revisiting it very soon because um, I don't ever throw around words like masterpiece. Um, yeah. But this felt like it when I was watching it, just... The level of uh, intensity and just pure skill of acting, it, it just captured in people's eyes. Um, God, right? You know, this movie was simmering. Just mm-hmm. This movie was just smoldering and uh, absolutely magnificent performances by both of the two main actresses. Yeah. I I really, really liked this movie. It took me by surprise how much I liked it. And how invested I was in the characters and their emotions and what they were going through mm. uh, because we weren't speaking the same language. I was reading subtitles, but listening to them speak in French, yeah. which is a beautiful language. Beautiful language. I kind of want to watch more French films now because it's so lovely to hear French spoken. Yeah. Um, and it was a beautiful story. It was absolutely gorgeously shot. The scenes in this movie, the colors, it was like majestic. Mm. Um one of the most memorable movies that maybe I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, there's something about it. Yeah. Uh, the. Well, I mean, it's clear that you're watching something that is made with a lot of care mm-hmm. from the beginning. But the first time that I really noticed, especially the cinematography and the color, was when they first go out. No, when, she, uh, when Marianne first arrives on the beach, she comes on a little rowboat. And then she's standing there. And the ocean is this beautiful, like unearthly blue it's like this baby blue and she's in red and it's just like this crazy beautiful image i said it out loud um to myself because i was watching it at home alone also um yeah it's just a very carefully made movie Mm -hmm. uh so i agree with you that struck me as well uh before i start on a tirade yeah do you have anything else um no I think that was it man that just that I was really blown away and
1: surprised by this movie and and kind of fell in love with it and fell yeah. in love with these characters yeah. and just it was so endearing uh because it displayed with such care and nuance but such genuine feeling of like the human condition and mm. these human emotions like it was not only believable but like identifiable you know what i mean you could, totally you could feel the emotion and and see it and know it and it felt so genuine one yeah. of the most genuine movies i've ever seen i think
0: yeah i mean you mentioned uh the eyes like like the the moments there's a there's a line in the movie and i'm gonna mess it up but i kind of wrote it down off memory it was um that's what Eloise points out. She says uh, not all emotions are fleeting; some are deep emotions, you know. And there's scenes where Marianne is painting her, and you get this close. And she's painting her from memory most of the time, and you get these shots of her Marianne's eyes looking at the canvas, like she's got these like really big, concentrated eyes. You can tell she's so focused, and you get this window into how she's observing Eloise um, to the point where there's there's I think it's it's narrative overdub where she's talking about how. When painting somebody, you need to pay attention to like the curvature of the cheeks or the colors or or the cartilage in the ear. Mm-hmm. And immediately after that, there's a there's a shot to like a close-up of Eloise's ear as they're walking. And I noticed it. I was like, oh, like I studied that girl's ear more than anybody's ear in my life. Right. So like you need to pay attention to how the cartilage forms. And then needs to be not as aggressive colorwise as the cheek, but then the ear hole is even more assertive. Like it's and I was like, I never thought about any of this. Right. And then the interesting thing for me is that you do see the paintings coming to life. Like you see every brush stroke and it's like, it made me appreciate art art more than yeah. I ever have. And I I've never had really a visceral moment of reaction with looking at a painting, but I could see that happening now.
1: Mm. Um, um, that's really cool.
0: Yeah, there's like there's a scene later on where there's a discussion of like how do you know when a painting is done? And the response is like, well, sometime at some point we just stop and you see a couple more brushstrokes added. And it's like, those mean something mm. and you could look at. I don't have it. Well, that's a painting actually we have in the room. Like I haven't actually looked at it since watching this movie. But like every single brushstroke there was added with intent. Mm-hmm. And and when you juxtapose that idea over this idea of of love fleeting or not, or or cultivated over the course of a year or two weeks, like I think it elevates what that can be. Mm. Um, I have obviously some thoughts. This movie, gave, I told you this before we started, but um gave me feelings specifically that I remember from three other movies. And I don't want to say what those are because I think it's kind of spoilery, but I'll talk about that in a minute. Um but I have a quote here from a New Yorker interview that uh Celine Siama did, the director, and she said, um, the portrait of a lady on fire is a manifesto about the female gaze. Uh and it's true that every Turn her film subverts the male perspective in favor of feminine ways of looking. And I think like there aren't guys in this movie really like there's, there's one
1: at like the end of the movie right. and I, one at the beginning. <laughs>
0: there's the guy that drops her off in the boat. Yeah. Uh, but then you go like a good hour. Oh, long, half, no more than that. Yeah. To the point where when, when a guy does show up towards the end, I said out loud again, like who the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, no, it was it, like it, shocking. It feels like, like an intrusion. Yeah. Um, and I was doing some research into uh, some of the inspiration that the director took specifically with regards to how this how she shoots these women because it's this is also an r-rated movie um there's a pretty good amount of nudity though none of it ever feels exploitative or gross yeah um you've probably heard this in in pop culture happy hour it might have did they cover this movie do you know so it might have been that but one of the people talks about um how in a lot of mainstream especially american films you'll get a scene with a woman in bed after having like a very steamy sex scene or whatever. She'll have like her sheets tucked up under her armpits, kind of like sitting there covering her boobs. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene in this movie that is completely not, she's just like in bed topless. Mm-hmm. And that's never shown because it feels weirdly explicit. Yeah. But in this movie, it felt very natural. Yeah. And a lot of the nudity that could have otherwise felt almost exploitative. If you had taken like the wonder woman approach with a uh, justice league mm-hmm. versus like the wonder woman, Patty Jenkins one, like there's a different tone. And I think the tone that is captured here is just is just so pure and so focused on the relationship Mm. that you in a weird sense barely recognize the sexuality of just pure nudity yeah until you get sexual then it's like very steamy yeah but again not in like a gross way
1: yeah and none of it all felt natural like none of it was out of place
0: yeah um the other thing i really noticed um right away was uh there is i mean this is basically a movie about i think identity um both like identifying yourself and and what your role is in the world, but clearly like the, the strength or lack thereof in, in women's decisions, there's a whole big thing about abortion in this movie. And I realized I'd never seen that before. Mm. Uh, I, I don't want to give too much away. That feels spoilery maybe. Um, but I was like, wow, like that's there. Yeah. I can't really talk about it too much, but it, it, I was like, wow, I didn't even realize this had never been put on a screen before. Yeah. it's a very powerful thing to be like, here we go. Like we're talking about the control we have in our lives, whether it's an arranged marriage, like she's going to be sent off to, or, or an abortion, like whatever it is. And that combined with like the visuals and just the amount of attachment I felt to these characters after a short two hours was like, yeah, a masterpiece of a movie. I loved it. Yeah. I'm so glad that it, it lived up to my expectations of what I've been building up for like six months. Totally. Um, without spoiling anything else, uh, do you have anything you want to touch on before we move on?
1: I did. Uh, there, there were there were points in this movie that provoked a thought of how things were and are in our society
0: uh, in regards to the unknown. Sure, it's also worth pointing out this was in like the late seventeen hundreds. This movie takes place. Yes, so one hundred percent what you are saying it still applies. Yeah.
1: Um, well, it doesn't apply because things are different. Oh, but it made me wonder. Um, a lot of art and paintings. And society was so much shaped by the unknown for so many Hmm. decades and centuries, Um, you know, losing touch with someone and then legitimately being out of touch. Yeah. Like, just literally gone. Just poof. Yeah. Uh, How much that sense of longing and mystery and wonder inspired great art in our cultures before we – I mean, and even, you know, to break it down to something – more identifiable. Like, remember when you just had a landline with no caller ID, and every time you picked up the phone, it yeah. was a mystery? Sure. Um, just the unknown, and mm-hmm. how much living in mystery and like waiting for life to come to you yeah. um, had affected art and stuff of a certain generation mm-hmm. and certain mm-hmm. eras, and how it's going to affect things going forward where yeah. we're more connected now than we ever have been, um, and how certain levels of disconnect affected writing Mm -hmm. and art like you look back at even people you know like way back to like shakespeare and just the the unknown the the living in the unknown and your imagination and your wanting um Mm -hmm. and how much that added to creativity i wonder if we'll ever see something like that again
0: yeah i mean like the idea of a muse in this movie or in in many movies based in in art songwriting or painting or any type of, right. Any type of art creation that is based on another person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like the idea that you have sort of this snapshot, um, of your, maybe your relationship or somebody else's that you've observed and then it's gone is really interesting. Like, um, I wonder what it was like to have a high, my high school reunion probably should happen this year, but I haven't heard anything my yeah. tenure. Um, cause like everybody knows what everybody's doing. Yeah. Like it's, there's there's this element of mystique that's gone
1: yeah I mean and it's new even to the next generation like mm-hmm. not even me when I was young uh, I mean you think back you had friends in your neighborhood that moved away and yeah. if they got a different phone number mm-hmm. they're gone they were a figment of your imagination yep uh, and now you know with social media we're all super connected and even if someone changes a number and moves to a different country yeah. you can still Check see their what they're... seven
0: social media accounts. yeah
1: exactly but it, just yeah. that level of mystery and the unknown, is something that we as humans, barring like, you know, a second or whatever, another ice age or something, sure. we're not or gonna know. A virus know.
0: perhaps. Or a virus, you never
1: know. <laughs> but I I mean that was a really interesting thought that yeah. it just led me down some really interesting pathways of thinking and sitting, like wondering how much those that depth of feeling contributed to in fact a much greater depth
0: of art. Yeah man, I mean I think that's one of the reasons this movie affected me so strongly. Like the movies I'll talk about in The Danger Zone is that there is this idea that there's there's um I can't think of a better word than snapshot, but you have this this fleeting moment of like truth and purity and then it's not going to be tainted by like what that person posts on their Instagram yeah. in a month. You just have this pure memory of somebody. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's 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 both uh lovely and heartbreaking at the same time. It's it's yeah, it's yes,
1: it's fascinating. Like it's very the, the value of time and yeah. moments, yeah. has decreased. Just yes. the value of human interaction has mm-hmm. decreased, and it's it's weird to think about. But it definitely had an in, impact on art, and it it led to the creation of some amazing yeah. literature and poems mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating stuff, man. It's weird to think about.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think this is a movie that's going to sit with me for for a long time. It put me, I was telling you this when you showed up, it put me in a weird headspace for today. Yeah. Um, why don't we rate it for now? And then we can revisit it in the danger zone if you're okay with that. Yeah. Okay. What do you got? Ooh.
1: I'm going to give this movie a 9.7. It's very, very high. Yeah. And the only reason yeah. is I think it could have, been a, there there were certain parts that were a little long for me really yeah See, just was, okay just this much just okay. a baby bit like okay if it was just a hair more compact sure okay that's right um, but obviously that was intentional like i feel bad even deducting but yeah, points but for that
0: what's your personal what your personal taste is
1: yeah like just as a viewer like i think if this would have been in that like hour 35 hour 45 range for reference it's two hours and i think one minute long yeah okay so i'm just just trim the fat a hair more, but also like, you know, I'm gonna watch it again and realize all those shots I was complaining about were just beautiful. <laughs> so, like, yeah, you know, whatever. It's a nine seven. It was yeah. it was amazing.
0: Yeah, I was sitting with it for a long time trying to think because I mean I realized, like I said, within maybe ten minutes, like this is gonna be a movie that I think I love, unless something drastic happens. Um, and unavoidably that makes my brain shift and like, all right, well, I gotta pick what's up what's wrong, like with what's it. yeah, what's wrong? And I can't really come up with anything. Every decision, I was fine. I could have sat in another two hours of this movie and been fine. Uh, so it's a 10 for me, man. This is this is a perfect movie. I got to update my 2019 list because uh, this is still a 2019 movie. And this is going to have to shove something else out, which sucks. But there's no way I can't. This is a great movie. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's available for rent on Amazon. You can stream it on Hulu if you have that. We definitely want to know what you think of this. So please let us know. Uh, before we go to our final break into the danger zone, uh yeah, we're going to come back. Actually, we're not going to do that yet, but we are going to go back to our beer, and then we'll go into Hot and Bothered. Then we'll take a break into the danger zone, so we got some time. Coming back into Dragon Mask. Yes. It's warmed up. We are going to give it a final uh, review and a rating. Johnny, you're about to taste it. As you do, I want to know, as it's warmed up a bit, what do you taste uh, different? What's better or worse? Much more vanilla,
1: uh, less sweet It's mellowed out and become quite a bit more balanced. At first, it was just all sweet and no substance. Uh, This has become a really nice balance of... I don't get a lot of churro. No, not churro. I get that they're going for churro, but I don't get enough of the cinnamon to be prevalent enough. Agreed. This is like a chocolate vanilla stout, which I'm loving. Like, I'm fine with that. it's very good. It's fantastic. Um, Much better at this temperature, though. 100%. Glad we waited. Yep, absolutely.
0: Okay, Um, I taste very similar things. Yeah, much more vanilla. Um, the, the warmth definitely opens up the alcohol a bit. Like mm-hmm. you get more of that burn. Yeah. But it's not aggressive in a way that is off putting to me. Um, I agree with you. There's not a whole lot of the churro vibe. Yeah. What's the one from uh, new glory or is it, is it new glory? Yeah. It's a uh, don't, they make a churro beer. Uh, Ace churro. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Like that's, I don't know. It's so churro you're like, maybe this is a bit much. Mm-hmm. So I think this strikes a nice balance. Like if this were a cinnamon chocolate beer, I think it might be off putting. Yeah, but it's really good. I certainly am a lot higher on it now than I was. Oh yeah. Um, do you have a number that is coming to mind? Uh, I'm gonna give it like a.
1: I'll give this like a
0: 8.9. Oh, I want eight point five. Yeah, I don't think it's in the nines. No, not quite. Fair enough. Dragon Mask by Modern Times. Let's jump into what we call this week hot and bothered slash flick picks. We've okay. both been stuck at home we've watched a lot of movies. I have at least two that I want to talk about slash one documentary that I promise I would watch. Um but I want to kick it to you first, man. What's got you hotter bothered this week? Yeah, man.
1: So my hot uh, I have a couple. One's one I've been watching, one's one I've been playing.
0: Is it okay. Did you get Doom? No.
1: <sighs> not yet. Okay. It's coming. Okay. Uh no, my my watch is uh Fargo. Oh, right. On FX. I watched the first season of that a long time ago, and I remember loving it so much and watching it all in one day. Uh, Revisited it. It holds up. It's a fantastic crime comedy drama, murder mystery type thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're on season two right now. There's three seasons. So um, tons of you know A to B list actors in both seasons. Uh, So I would recommend checking that out. If you're looking for something to stream and you've never watched that series, check out Fargo.
0: Yeah. Also, watch because it does sound similar to the movie. Like mm-hmm. I think it's based on the movie by the Coen Brothers. Uh, watch the movie.
1: Yeah. Also, hundred percent great movie. Yeah. Uh, my other hot is also uh, since we're in the the day and age of social distancing and sure. not hanging out. There's been a lot of online interaction. I've been doing a lot of online meetings, stuff like that. Uh, we actually coordinated with one Brian McAllister. Shout out one of my best friends in the whole planet. Uh, me and him and my wife shalina have all been playing diablo 3 on nice. ps4 via headsets and the internet we've been running through the whole uh, story together yeah three of us on a screen that's great if you had a ps4 you could be in the club yep yeah uh,
0: you know, are you sure it doesn't cross
1: platform no yeah, we need to figure did. it out yeah we do uh you can try you need to add me as a friend on psn so we can even see if it oh sure yeah. does that i forgot that i don't know how to do that i'll figure it out though
0: sounds fun cool
1: So, anyways, we've been doing that. We've had a couple evenings where we play for two or three hours. We have like designated cocktail breaks where everyone gets up and mixes another drink. Yeah, why not? It's the most fun I've had since all this shit went down. Besides recording with you, it's like just getting together and like being silly and making each other laugh and not talking about the news, but talking about like the sweet gauntlets. I just why not? Yeah, just just go whole hog on being a nerd. And we're gonna probably start a Skype D and D campaign. Oh, cool. So. I'll text you. I you don't know.
0: understand what you mean. Like a Skype? So you. Oh, right. I remember. I, I always have to remind myself D&D is not a video game. It's a board game. Yeah. So, yeah, of course you could do Skype.
1: Yeah, we could Skype tabletop.
0: Um, yeah. I don't know if you have any dice. I have
1: f- dice. No, but do you have like a 20-sided dice, and like Ooh. a and d set? <laughs> no.
0: Okay. Are you explained to me on Patreon what D&D even was yeah. like a week or two ago. Yeah. So, no, I have not since bought the That's 20-sided die.
1: All right. Well, I've got that's a fine. couple sets of of uh die for okay. playing dungeons. And I'm down games.
0: to try it out. I don't care. All right. Got nothing I'll, to I'll do.
1: keep you in mind. So that's been my hot is just cool. online gaming with friends uh and like cooperative campaigning
0: through yeah. stuff and just connecting. Some some human connection. Well, that's a lot of positivity and as much as it pains me to ask you, what is your bothered? I got robbed. Oh, that's actually that's not the one I meant. I'm sorry for that. That sucks. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate more than that? (laughs) Not
1: physically or in person. It was my card got skimmed at a gas station and they drained my checking account. And as if you haven't found out, like nobody's
0: working right now. Right. So money's money's well, in a sense, that's better because you probably had less in your checking account. Yes. But also
1: I went from less to nothing, (laughs) which sucked. So that's really terrible. Like getting kicked while you're down. Sure. Yeah.
0: Who's yeah, who's robbing people during this? That's honestly. messed up, man. Like, honestly. No honor among thieves anymore. Seriously. Come on. Well, that sucks, but you're getting your money back. There's a new card on the way. Yep. So you're all good there. Exactly. The bigger tragedy <laughs> is that you watched The Lighthouse. Yeah. And I gather that you didn't love it. Uh, no. Uh who did love it? I I don't know. People did. I liked it. I, I really appreciated The Lighthouse. Uh, last week, you promised you would watch it. You did. I'm a man of my word. I have now seen it twice, because I, I talked about it last week. I had re-watched it, which is what spawned this idea.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, and I quote, your wife, Gianna, said, Sure. So Max made me watch The Lighthouse.
0: Yeah, and now that's, that's the right phrase. And
1: now I, in fact, am in that that small fraternal family yeah. of
0: uh, yeah. people that Max has made watch The Lighthouse. Okay. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, no, you're right. Okay, um, can I ask what you liked about it, if anything? <laughs> uh, it was interesting. How so?
1: It was weird, and okay. there were things I've never weird. seen before sure. in it, sure. and there were twists and turns that were very strange. There were some cool like songs and seaside storytelling. Sure. Uh, it was also like a bit of an acid trip of a movie. Just right. the the left turn, right turn. This means something. This means nothing. Um, Just visceral, dripping goo. What am I watching?
0: I know. Can we say, so we we actually released a review on this movie a while back. Johnny wasn't here for it, which is why we're talking about it now. But I'm going to say that we're going to spoil The Lighthouse for the next maybe two minutes at most. Yeah, nobody cares. So if you want to skip forward, go for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was just looking at my review to jog my memory, but I wrote, um, which is a testament to your point. I said, I can't think of a movie that elicited so much appreciation and disgust from me simultaneously uh, from the incessant foghorn to the ferociously lit and over the top monologues to the full frontal of a mermaid's vagina. This movie was an assault on the senses. Yeah. And I think it is. Yeah. There's, there's a lot going on. I think it wasn't that awesome. Yeah. I, I, I was warring with this as well. I didn't again, love it the first time. I didn't love it the second time, but I appreciate the craft at work. And I think the more, you know, about the production of this movie, it's one of those that you learn to like it even more. Because you know what the what what kind of effort it took to make it, what the actors went through, and I think that if you do a little digging in your own brain after watching it, it's a good enough cause to revisit and think about. Which goes a long way with me. I think like thinking about a movie, it's like it stays on your brain at the very least, and that's something. It didn't. Oh, well, really? It just went over? It. I don't know. I, I,
1: I watched it and I was like, "All right, that was fucking weird." Just moving on. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Like, I don't know. It's like when you like just see a ridiculous piece of performance art and mm. you're like okay that said a bunch of stuff didn't really change my life yeah like that's yeah. fine like i don't know yeah like you just walk by people hanging from meat hooks in their back <laughs> and you're just kind of like okay oh, i don't I, I don't understand what you're doing uh, it's doing something for you, obviously, and you want it to do something for me, and I, right. I acknowledge you, but I'm gonna walk away and not let this really ruin my night.
0: So what did you make of the ending of the lighthouse? There's a particularly from the point that Willem Dafoe is chasing him with the axe to the point where he falls down the stairs after like mm-hmm. in the lighthouse. Um did you have even the interest in analyzing it or thinking about where it ended up?
1: Uh I mean the whole the whole thing was so abstract. You could analyze it yeah 20 different ways and all of them are true i think that's a cool part of it uh sure but so is like guessing what's in the briefcase in pulp fiction but mm-hmm. that was also a really fucking good movie
0: well yeah but you know like, I mean, like, like, like
1: the rest of it was enjoyable you can have okay. an interesting point of contention without it
0: just being well, you said yeah you like said a good trudging movie. uh you know yeah. escapade of just oddness yeah i'm so torn because it is pretty objectively not enjoyable I think the lighthouse. Yeah. What's the, what's the point? I think the point is the suffering, which is a slippery slope for sure. Okay. But I also think that on top of that, you have like this really, I, it's tough. Cause I know a lot about it now. Like I did digging on, I was like, I want to know why they even did this. Um, Robert Eggers also directed the witch, which is another A 24 film. Did you see the witch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you like the witch? Mm. Okay. Uh, I actually hated the witch the first time, loved it the second time. Mm. I just, I, th- I think that in some situations, craft gets more points than script or enjoyment, certainly. Hmm, it's interesting. Like they built the lighthouse and did it on this island. Like it was miserable to shoot and it looks really good. It's a very specific aesthetic and it's gross and it looks awesome. And Willem Dafoe's great and so is Robert Pattinson. Like they're so good at being gross. Yeah. I don't know. There, there's something about it that was very magnetic to me. Um and I I'd watch it again. But I also think did you watch it sober? Please tell me no. Uh I watched it hungover. Oh God, why? Uh you did? I yeah. I told you my friends you gotta I know. watch it drinking. I don't, they drink friggin' what is it? Gasoline or uh like yeah. Uh gonna, boil oil. Yeah, like it just gets it gets so crazy. Uh yeah, but it's not for everybody. That's fair. So I think it's yeah. not for most people. That's probably true. Yeah. Uh you wanna give me an out of ten for it? Uh th- like four, Oh, nice okay that's four, fine Four one i'm super happy with the four that's great yeah it's not great yeah but are you glad you watched it not really it's culturally significant you've seen it so whose culture i don't know film culture i guess okay i'll give you that all right it's it's like an it's like he i think uh eggers is up and coming is gonna make some great stuff
1: have you ever watched the movie called the holy mountain no you should watch that why it was weird and okay. nuts. <laughs> okay, uh, it was kind of one of those movies. Like, what the fuck? Why did they make this? Yeah, why yeah, yeah, am I yeah. watching this? Okay, but it was from like the seventies.
0: Oh yeah, that's kind of that's like when that
1: shit started. Oh yeah, let's do something here. Uh, it was like a satanic acid trip. Yeah. Okay, uh, you should watch The Holy Mountain. I've watched it several times and cool. I, I really like it, but I don't know why. That's and I feel fine. like this like is my lighthouse. Like, okay. The Holy Mountain's cool. crazy. Where can
0: I watch it? Do you know. I don't know. We should pull it up on the break. I'll find it. Yeah. Let me write it down. Uh, if you're okay with it, I'm going to get into my Hot and Bothered. Please do. So I watched a couple movies, like I said. I was on a bit of a Nick Cage kick. Go ahead. No, wait. Are we doing Hot and Bothered or Flick Picks? Both. Oh, do you have all... I was going to do it all together. I had a Flick Pick. Give me a Flick Pick. I watched Underwater. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
1: It was uh, like 2020 horror flick with uh, the chick Stewart. The chick from Kristen Stewart. The, the young lady from uh, Lighthouse. No, Twilight?
0: Twilight. Twilight House. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be just vampires. <laughs> slash, wait, what if you called it like uh, "What We Do in the Twilight House"? Oh my god, just vampires directed by Taika Waititi with werewolves and <laughs> yeah, Willem Dafoe just and coming everywhere. Yeah, God, ugh, yeah, uh, underwater. Yeah,
1: I really liked it. It was an above-average suspense sci-fi horror movie set at the bottom of the Mariano Trench. Uh, it, a lot of it was in like very very dark and there was just really cool creature work uh legitimately unsettling stuff in that movie
0: fair enough yeah it was directed by a guy named uh willem eubank another willem yeah oh sorry william it looked different in second <laughs> oh ago. old bill eubank yeah uh i haven't seen his other stuff he did, directed the uh the signal okay and uh live love yeah never never seen his stuff <laughs> but he seems to be inclined towards horror movies Interesting. Yeah, I haven't seen either of those either. Yeah,
1: but yeah, I liked it. It was. I went in with super low expectations just to be entertained. Uh, Kristen Stewart was actually
0: really good in it. Yeah, she's in a movie coming up called Sebring, um, which is a a semi or fully uh, documentary about a, a woman who was an actress. And I haven't seen it yet. It's stuff's been weird, obviously viewing movies coming yeah. out, so I don't know when that's coming out now. But she's been doing um, a lot more artsy work for sure. Yeah, like Charlie's Angels okay maybe not so much i was gonna try it, to tie it in with robert pattinson but he's he's really committed to like working with weird directors lately
1: no they have they've actually actually both been making real movies yeah which is cool go. yeah uh yeah i really liked her in this
0: yeah so, fair anyways enough. that that was it for me sweet well then i will jump into my hot and bothered take it slash away flick picks. Uh, i'll start with my hots uh which is i played a gig recently which is a shock but there was a bit of a i don't even know if this is okay to talk about i feel like when I agreed to it, I was like, this is fine. But now I'm like, maybe it wasn't basically I played a social distancing picnic. Um shaking my head. Yeah. And ever since you, when I told you that the other day, I was like, maybe this wasn't cool. The idea was people showed up to this big open area outside, sat like 10 feet apart at picnic tables. And I played the music. Nobody got near each other. The idea was to get together and like have some sense of normalcy, which was fun. It was nice. It felt good to do that and like get out of the house. But increasingly as this gets worse uh, in the world, the, covid thing I'm like maybe maybe that wasn't so smart though i don't know i don't know enough but in the future i'm like maybe just stay at home forever yeah um but it was nice to get out of the house and play music for the first time in a couple of weeks good secondly i fulfilled a promise to you yes i finished a documentary series on netflix called tiger king it's a high caliber artsy type documentary what's very interesting to me is that when we talked about this last week nobody knew it and you made a prediction saying here's my prediction this entire quarantine everybody's going to talk about tiger king and i was like you might be right i don't know nothing about it and now the internet is tiger king everybody's yeah. talking about we're it. we're living in the tiger king it's world. wild um if you haven't seen the series go back and listen to our episode last week johnny talks about it at length i finished it it's exactly what you described it says as intense as weird it's very strange uh and it's like a eight, eight, seven or eight part series like 45 minutes each episode so it'll take up a good afternoon but do it. All right. Questions. Go.
1: Who's your favorite character? Mm. Did you enjoy watching it? Was it worth watching? And would
0: you recommend it? I don't know how my favorite character couldn't be Joe exotic, right? Like there's, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some, some eccentric people in this documentary. Um, but Joe exotic in particular is, is just like this, this almost too good to be true maniac of a dude. So I think, uh, he's gotta be my number one. My number two might be Jeff. Who is also nuts? Yeah. Everybody's nuts. I really like the the bigger fella. Which that, one? That rode on the jet ski. <laughs> How much you want to bet that guy like insisted they put that footage in? Yeah. Like I the Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> jet
1: ski. Like we were yeah. waiting for the whole series yeah. when they could play Eye of the Tiger.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah. Right, right there right at the dun, end. Dun, yeah. dun, 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 oh my what a, god. Everything is like you think they can't top the thing that you're seeing now, and they do. Yeah. By the end, it's like nothing surprises you. Yeah. I, the funeral in particular was was very funny. <laughs> like I, can't, I forgot about that. I can't theme. tell if it's funny or cringy or both. I think it's both. <laughs> I think it's both. Um, I can't watch it. I guess you don't want it spoiled, so I won't talk about it. But Ugh. the funeral monologue is my first funniest moment. You didn't ask me this. My second is when he, uh, Joe Exotic runs for governor and gets almost 20% of the vote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then third is when he's doing an interview and he says, I had my days of meth as if that's a shocker to anybody. Right. Well, I was like, yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going. What else? Right. Um, your other questions were, did I enjoy watching it? That was one of them. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Like, it's also just like, this is what people around the world are seeing. This is the most prevalent American entertainment coming out. And people are just like, that's America. And I forget that Oklahoma is America, but it is <laughs> and like, that's who I am in a sense. Right. So that's rough. So I enjoyed it, but also hated it. Mm. What else did you say? Do you remember? Would you recommend it? Yeah, sure. If we weren't all stuck inside for at least another month, I'd be like, maybe not, but you got time probably. This, it's comedy gold, dude. Yeah. I see. That's the thing. Is it, is it comedy? Yeah. I, it's so weird. And Bro,
1: the first, yeah. what did you think the first moment one of his music videos dropped in?
0: That's what I was going to tell you. I didn't write it down. I am going to learn that song <laughs> and I'm going to play it. <laughs> On the internet. It's the, I don't know what it's even called, but. I saw a tiger. Yeah. I was thinking about trying to get a big green screen, like doing the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I was going to have Gianna be the hunter. Like, it's all the hunters, put down your guns. And Gianna's like. Yep. Frick, man. What a soundtrack. Any other things? No. Okay. That's it. I'm so happy you watched it. (laughs) Um, As I said earlier, before I cut you off, uh, I was on a Nick Callis Cage kick. I feel like he deserves his whole first name. Nicholas Cage kick. I watched a movie that came out in 2019 called Color Out of Space. Um, it is a movie adapted from an H.P. Lovecraft uh, short story from the 1920s, I think. Yeah, I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he's a pretty good writer as far as horror goes. There's a good chance you haven't, but you've seen stuff inspired by. You may have heard something called Lovecraftian. Yep. Um, you'll have films like Annihilation, which I didn't connect, but the idea is like you have this. It's it's all about the horrific mystery of space. Oftentimes, these things are very brightly colored, very gooey, very tactile. Um, and very disturbing. Yeah. And I didn't know it going in cause anything with Nick cage is bound to have some weird cagey kind of humorous twist. And this does, but it's also very, um, upsetting. Mm. It tells the story of this family of four that live on this farm and a meteorite crashes into their yard, uh, at which point stuff starts happening. Their flora and fauna start shifting and there's mental games played with them by these presumable aliens that start taking over. Uh, Their world. You haven't seen it, but uh, for that reason, I won't spoil anything, but you really should watch it. Okay. Is this Uh, a movie I would like? Yes, for sure. All right. Um, So that's Color Out of Space. You got to rent it. That's what I did. I'm sure it's rentable on Amazon. Uh, But if not, you can go down to uh, all the best video here in Chico. Where they know Max's name. Uh, I also discovered a film called Mom and Dad on Hulu. Which I'm going to watch. Which you have to watch um, with Nick Cage in it also. It's a movie, perhaps fittingly, where a virus breaks out. And takes over the minds of, it's not really a virus. It's not clear what it is. Something happens. And parents are obsessed with killing their children. (laughs) It's this (laughs) weird satirical uh, metaphor for parenthood that is very dark, pretty gory, uh, and very, very funny. I can't wait. And like an amazing role for Nick Cage. It's a very digestible hour, like 25. So check it out on Hulu if you want mom and dad in the meantime we are going to jump into the danger zone and spoil some stuff from portrait of a lady on fire so don't go anywhere danger,
1: danger, zone, zone, danger, zone.
0: Zone. Danger, zone. danger zone danger zone danger zone danger zone danger zone danger zone welcome to it once again we're going to spoil some stuff from portrait of a lady on fire if you haven't seen it yet go watch it on hulu it's available then come back and finish this discussion unless you don't care then stick around and we'll just talk about it anyways yeah but you should care You should care. It's one of those movies you should definitely watch. Yeah. You should care because Max loves you. I mentioned a couple times that it it gave me similar feelings about movies that I've seen in the past that really stick with me. And I I think it's this idea of, um, go ahead. (laughs) Terminator, obviously, obviously the Terminator. yeah. Yeah. No, of, of this idea that, um, you like, there's this, there's this snapshot of love that almost unavoidably will end. Uh, the movies that came to mind for me were what we covered on the show was uh, Call Me By Your Name. Mm. It reminded me of La La Land because that's what happens at the end of that movie. And there's a movie called Once that I think came out in 2011 uh, with Glenn Hansard, uh, an iconic singer-songwriter type movie where these two people meet and fall in love and then ultimately go their separate ways. Mm. And it's just this really heartbreaking like, experience because you almost know for sure that it's coming and you see something so pure and clearly meant to be and it just ends. In this case, she goes off and has to marry that guy, and we get sort of this uh, epilogue where we kind of see her in passing at the the years in the future, both in like a painting and then in real life. And yeah,
1: and that's what made me think about that whole tangent that I went on about like the unknown. Like, sure, you have this this interaction where you bounce off of someone's yeah. universe, yep. and then you don't see him again except years later in a painting, right? Which is fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, imagine living
1: your life like that.
0: I don't. Yeah, did you see that painting? It's the same. She has the same page in the painting. The page in her book is bookmarked yeah, and to 28 to twenty eight, which is where the portrait of of uh, Marianne was. That she, it's such a good movie, man. Ugh, that was so a solid sad. shout out in that painting. Yeah, like you know, and she, you know, she was sitting there insisting that painter, like, no, you put that number in there. Like, this is part of my life that I want to be immortalized in yeah. this painting. So good. So good. Um, okay, let's talk abortion, shall we? sure heartwarming <laughs> let's do it. Um, so yeah no i mentioned like there was this there was this abortion thing that i've never really seen on screen and again this is the late 1770s we don't really have planned parenthood at that time so it's more like backroom remedy stuff where you j- shove weeds into your vagina kind of thing uh it was a tough scene yeah uh but i don't know that again this movie being about identity right um and about the decisions that women can and can't make for themselves in a sense. Like it's the arranged marriage thing is presented pretty early on. Like mm-hmm. that's clearly out of her hands. Um, and they even wait for the, the, uh, I don't know, the madam, they call her the, the owner of the household to leave so that she can go kind of in her words, take care of it yep. situation. It starts off kind of funny. Like they're on the beach and she's trying to run around, uh, to help stop the pregnancy. Yeah. Um, which is comical in a sense, like you're running back and forth aggressively um, and they're just encouraging this girl. The girl's name is Sophie. I don't have the actress's name in front of me, but she's the one that gets pregnant in case uh, you didn't know. And, and she was a uh, kind of a housekeeper, like assistant yeah, yeah. type character. Yeah. Assistant to the yeah. housekeeper. Yeah. Um, anyways, then eventually it escalates and they're out picking, um, f- like weeds or something. You're not sure what it is. It starts off with the scene where all three of them come up into view at once, which I thought was a nice little bit of physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they go to sort of this, um, uh, not a doctor obviously but like a no what you would call would midwife like be like, a, like a midwife or a doula but yeah and that scene gets tough for a couple reasons one uh oh, the baby yeah like so she's oh, getting this it's... these this like this poultice of something like shoved into her vagina to ideally maybe get into her uterus to stop this pregnancy but she lays down on a bed to get this happening and there's like a 2 year old baby next to her who whose hand she ends up holding younger than that uh, yeah, maybe I don't yeah. really know. No babies, I don't a know. tiny human, yeah, that is clearly close to a baby. Yeah, like, and this is a painful procedure, and she's holding the hand of this baby, and it's very clear this is not an easy decision for her, but it's a decision she is making, and she's in charge of, which, uh, regardless of how you feel on the issue, is still a powerful moment. Mm-hmm. And that was something that they later on paint into another portrait.
1: Yeah, and that kid, the little child, was such a good actor. Sure, he grabbed her finger and looked into her eyes, like
0: looked in our eyes, dude. That was such a genuine moment. I was like, how the fuck did they film that? Like that happened. Like what? Um, So yeah, and like it it all takes place in this very dark room. It feels very taboo for a little bit because they're sneaking around, almost like wizardry, almost. Yeah, Uh, but then later on, they're they're at home, kind of mourning. They're all three of them laying on this bed, and um, Sophie's recovering from this procedure, and then. They'd get her up basically um, and get into the same position and have Marianne paint basically what had happened. Um, It's it's Sophie and Eloise and Eloise kind of pretending to be the doula or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they sort of immortalize this abortion into a painting, which is like unheard of ever. Yeah. I wouldn't see that in a painting now. No. Um. So the idea they would take control of kind of their decision making and their futures and their present is like, it is a very powerful scene altogether, she, especially.
1: And the fact that Eloise acknowledged even in that moment that that was something that should be remembered.
0: Yeah. She tells Marianne
1: to look. Like, yeah. Look when
0: it's happening. Even before that, like, don't. Like, yeah. this is a significant thing. That's
1: Dude, going. I loved the complexity of Eloise's character in this movie. Yeah. She had so many layers mm-hmm. and she was such a complicated person.
0: Yeah. There's great dialogue in this. Yeah. A lot of it's very uh, thought-provoking back and forth. I'm trying to think of an example, but I don't know it, if I'm going to be able to. You don't need to. Yeah. You would ruin it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I want to watch this movie again, like, now. Yeah, you should watch it with Shalina. Like, this is a good movie to probably show two people. Yeah. Although, I don't know. Maybe it'd be... It's one of those movies you don't want to feel forced into watching, probably. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think the, the forcefulness of it... You, you need to discover this movie on your own. It's like if you, you don't want to be led by the hand, necessarily. Yeah. You want it to feel genuine exactly yeah that's what i'd be worried about like hey you should watch this movie it's yeah. great and like, all right not like a lighthouse situation no no you got to make somebody watch that they're not gonna watch it on their own <laughs> correct um okay um i think that's all i wanted to talk about yeah other than that i don't think there's much spoilery about it um, yeah nothing i mean it all goes the way that it does but yeah obviously
1: we both loved it i'm yep. gonna uh make a motion for that to be the next poster we buy for the Ooh. podcast room. oh
0: god you think it'd be the the, the i have
1: some picked out i'll show you yeah
0: i hope it's the one where she's on fire there's a f- there's some really good ones Ooh, my other fate one of my favorite moments was the musical moment that happens around that campfire because mm. it starts off with this like swelling of tons of vocals like all singing different pitches almost like midsummer it was creepy it was Like, oh. like if, yeah there's moments in this movie that are kind of creepy i still don't know there's i think it's two times it happens where where marianne's walking down a hallway and then behind her eloise will show up brightly lit almost like a ghost yeah and I first thing if you put a soundtrack behind that, that would fit a horror movie, that'd be very, it scared me already the way it, it was, was unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. But the moment by the campfire, they're all kind of singing different pitches. It's very off putting, but in the course of about 30 seconds, they all kind of match like all 20 voices come into this beautiful harmony. And then it starts escalating into a song, which Eloise has never heard music apparently besides from church stuff. It was a really moving moment. That's when she catches on fire. Yeah.
1: That was another thing yeah. that I was thinking about as far as like the unknown. Mm. People that had just never heard music other than church. Yeah. How are you going to find it? Like, yeah, yeah. Like back then it was like, there wasn't a thing. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. That's why composers were such a big deal. Totally. Like it perspective, man, mm-hmm. it's a weird perspective yeah. shift when you put yourself into that, uh, that mindset of like, like imagine hearing Beethoven and have never heard music before. Totally. Just like, Oh my God, this yeah. is a different thing. Yep. It's crazy, man. This yeah. is a great movie. It's thought provoking. It's going to strike up some interesting conversations and, If nothing else, it'll entertain you for two hours. I I can't recommend it enough.
0: Yeah, we're going to we're gonna get out of here. We're going to go over to our Patreon side of things. We're going to record a bonus episode where we talk about if we could only watch one movie and drink one beer as much as we want uh, in isolation on a desert island or in our house or whatever befits the times. So if you're into that sort of thing, check us out on Patreon.com slash Cinema. You can give us a buck a month if you want. It really helps us out. Um, as you may or may not know, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Uh, we'll be back at you next week with some more quality content. But in the meantime, that is Johnny Summers. That's Max Minardi. And we
1: together, cumulatively, our Fresh Hop Cinema, and we bid you a good day.
0: This is Fresh Hop
1: Cinema.